Welcome to Drunk on Comics, episode 257. Linz joins me in the studio where we get to talk about our favorite things. Yes, comic books. Yes. Comic books and everything related to comic books. Yes. Which has realmed out into the video game world as well. Yes, and your review of a comic book based on a video game. Yep, with Tekken number one. I reviewed Jean Grey number one. To nobody's surprise. Yes. What, I wasn't surprised <laughs> in the least. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. Yes, Deadpool rated our animated series coming out. Yep, and we also revealed how Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is kicking ass, and Power Rangers really isn't. No, they're not. So sit back, relax, grab something to drink, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 257, how are our levels? Hello. Maybe because ah. And there you have that's us <laughs> testing our mics before recording. And we're just going to get right in without cutting that part out because... <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> what are you talking about? I do that every week. <laughs> uh, uh, mm. <clears throat> well, now that the funny stuff's over, we yeah. get to the serious yep. stuff. That's the end of the podcast, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah, what I was saying before testing our our volumes on here is uh it's a little bit busy this week and i'm a little ill-prepared so if we don't have a lot to talk about this week it's primarily because i was doing other things as he does other things as in kickball kickball season started oh sports stuff sports well air quotes (laughs) social drinking kickball club so not not necessarily sports in the the aspect of being good at the sport. Tony likes to drink and then have balls thrown at his head. Yeah, just right in my face. <laughs> All I up love, in his love face. Love dodgeball. <laughs> um, so I had that going on. I had won a while ago, actually a year ago, this pedal cruiser, which is something that we have in in our downtown where it's a giant. Looks like a bar. It looks like an old timey like a uh, trolley. Trolley. Yeah. That you have up to sixteen people pedal on it and then the person that drives it to these different bars and i was winded it was a workout and really when we got into the bars we're like water water (laughs) then a beer but one of them in particular was kind of uphill which sucked the second bar was downhill so much so and we were hitting luckily green lights most of the way i'm sure like cars were getting pissed off at us we're being loud and obnoxious yeah as you do on a trolley going to the second bar though downhill we waited at the top of this hill waiting for the light at the bottom of the hill to turn green it turned green we pedaled a little bit and then it was just free falling momentum took us we went right through realizing after the fact 
how scary it was. Oh, and also because technically we're a bike, and also the lady that was steering this didn't give a shit about the brakes. Going through a stop sign. Oh, my God. <laughs> we almost died. Wow. That sounds terrifying. Yep. And so then kickball. Good thing there was booze at the end of it. Yep. <laughs> and then kickball, and then my planning committee meeting slash just a meeting that I set up. At a bar with friends to plan for Oktoberfest. Ah, yes. You're going to actual Oktoberfest. Yes, the big Oktoberfest. Not the Americanized version that many cities have. Right. Going yeah. to Munich, Germany. Yeah. And I'm going to have a blast. So, yes. letting you know now, there's going to be two weeks in September <laughs> that... Tony's going to be doing the podcast from Germany all by himself. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what I will try to remember to bring, but definitely won't. <laughs> The recorder. Can you get that through airport security? Yeah, they'll probably look at it and think it's a taser <laughs> like we always yeah. do. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, putting it on the check-in bags, and my bag will definitely be, Yes. You know, look through the TSA. It shows up a week later. Yep. <laughs> Maybe I won't bring that. <laughs> Everything's missing. So, yeah, so with that being said, though, I did actually read two books this week. You did. Let's hear about them. All right. Uh, in Off the Shelf this week, I will first talk about Tekken number one. No. <coughs> now, Tekken is a, video game. is a video game. One of my favorite video games. It's a fighting game, and there are so many different, but the three biggest brands, I would say, well, yeah, I'll still say the three biggest brands. Tekken, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken. Tekken. Yep. And Tekken was, I mean, then you can go into there's some other ones like Virtual Fighter yeah, and DOA. Capcom versus and stuff. But these three stood out the most because they had like so many different characters and power moves and like combos that you had to really remember and memorize in order to pull off um, some devastating right. moves. I can never do that. And Ever. yeah, and <laughs> back in the day when my parent, when I was younger, my parents were in the bowling league. I would go into the arcade there, and Tekken was one of the games, mm. and I would kick ass at it on every other kid that was there. And so I've always had a fondness for this video game. So when I learned that they were going to be making a Tekken book, they have before. Sure. I've not really read, and I've read a couple of them, and I've watched the the anime that they made. The story of Tekken is so much more uh, a maze of things than I feel like even... Street Fighter, I feel, is pretty simple. You have these people that... They're came... fighting on the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mortal Kombat can get a little complicated if you really dig into their backstory. But... Really dig in, but there is the basis of there's an outer realm and Earth gets brought into this right. tournament, and then if they win, they win the Earth, so the heroes... Say, Simple. Right. Tekken has a lot to do with, with the business associates and, and having, you know, who's going to control of the board as well as having some, like, powers, you know, some fireballs that they can mm -hmm. do. Or even demon, uh, devil-like type strains within uh, certain families that it... It's a lot more complicated, right. I feel, as well as Yoshimitsu, who was my favorite character with the sword, which is cursed, which makes him always look like a demon devil, depending on which uh, version of the, the game. 
Well, the comic book is no different. And what I will say with the comic book that I'm, um, I like the most is the beginning of this issue one has character profiles, and I'm hoping the next ones with some of the other people that they introduced have some other character profiles to kind of tell you who they are and where they come from. For those people that have never played the game and have never read up on the series. Right. Because I, on one hand, this book, hands down, is for the fans. But on the other, it does a pretty good job to say the story so far from some of the other series that you could pick this up after reading that and being like, okay, what's going on now? And within the first pages, kind of get a sense of, okay, it's starting off with, um, you know, some people run away. You have Panda, who's one of the characters you can play as, which is a kind of a spiritual yes. guardian um, that can yeah. talk. And you you get introduced to these characters in a way that it seems very um, fluid. Right. Um, and throughout this whole uh, book, there is what you would expect, a lot of fighting, random people showing up here and there, um, and different... Uh, uh, of the characters um, throughout the series that um, for whatever reason, whatever side they're on within the storyline and the story frame of it, um, it just makes, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you're scrolling through this while you're reviewing it. The action shots in this book are awesome. You're this one right here with mm-hmm. his fist blurred. I just, Paul Phoenix. I can't, I can't not look at this amazing looking. Oh yeah. And the art in this, is superb. Yeah. I mean, very... I, I say this not to be, like, you know, negative, but, like, sometimes you think uh, taking a property such as a video game would not have that detail right? Um, that this book does. And I, I'm kind of just doing quick two quick reviews because I don't want to say the entire what happens. Right. Just know that there is pretty much an army of like ninjas and going after and trying to figure out what's going on you need to really read this book and i will say just visually wise even if there was no no uh um words going on it would almost tell the story you could see where it's where it's going right um yeah so all i want to say is um Hayachi, I hate him. He was always a shithead <laughs> character um, in his move set. Whenever my friends knew how to play him, he fucking sucks. So him being the bad guy always uh, suck a dick, I guess. Even in the <laughs> in the game, and the, bringing out old repressed anger playing playing the video game um, was like I said was very happy uh, when they had Yoshimitsu show up in this, and because he's just badass. Um, and yeah, uh, I can't give too much more away without... Giving away the story. Yeah, because pretty much I said what a lot of it is fighting. Yeah. But everything else comes to the subtext of who wants to be the leader and going for the Iron Fist tournament and everything. And yeah, so... Is Danny Rand going to be there? (laughs) No. Oh. (laughs) He'd get his ass whooped. Probably. That is fair. Uh, so yeah. Well, um, what else you got then? You read you, two books? I thought you read a book. I did. I, to no surprise to anyone, I picked up Jean Grey number one a week late, which is surprising because I did not know that it came out, but it did and I missed it, but I got it last week. Um, 
So I was excited about this book because I am Jean Grey's number one fan. <laughs> and I've liked the way that they brought her back. I actually like the way they brought the whole younger versions of the X-Men back to kind of like give it a reboot and modernize their origin a little bit because their origin is very old school. And it's kind of hard to build an entire franchise off something that doesn't even make sense anymore for today's society, <laughs> yeah. you know? So bringing him back this way, I think, is a very smart idea. And it is probably the only way to bring Jean back without people going, oh, why doesn't she just stay dead? Because <laughs> that's, you know, one of the things. She always comes back from the dead. But... <clears throat> It starts with her talking about how she's Jean Grey, but she's not that Jean. She's not the Jean Grey that got the Phoenix Force. And she gets kind of bitchy about it. She's like, I'm not the Jean that, you know, killed planets and murdered people and went all dark. I'm not that Jean. And then she also talks about how she's not the Jean that, you know, Cyclops cheated on with 800 other women. Like, she seems really bitter about this past that she doesn't even have. And how people are comparing her to herself. When she's not that person yet, and and I can see a young female being very like, yes. no, I'm empowered to be me, right? And I'm not gonna go that route. Well, especially because well, what she did should do is throw it back uh, into Scott's face and be like, what about him? Right? He became a giant <laughs> dick. I know, I know. I think it's uh, it's almost different for him though because when he came back, Scott Summers was still alive. Like all, almost all of these. Uh, young X-Men have their current counterparts alive, except for Jean. Well, no, because then I was I was going to do the counterpoint, though, of I understand and feel for her, and she could point out to at least the Scott incident of, right. he grows up to be an asshole. So, A huge asshole. So don't, stop comparing me to my adult self. But then there's the point of your adult self could have destroyed the universe. Right. When she flips out and has, you know... The Phoenix meltdown? Yes. <laughs> I was going to make a different analogy, but then I thought it would be really in poor taste. Oh, so, okay. So anyways... <laughs> That's a good call, I think. <laughs> knowing that, and knowing that it always finds her, mm -hmm. and she's going to go through that phase again, A, fuck you, Marvel, for telling the same story over right. again, just in a different setting yes unless they do it differently but i doubt that they will right they they need to repeat it in which case everyone is right yeah so she deserves this ridicule yeah but i feel like so you know gene you're still hoping they'll be different well i i like the way they're taking her because gene you know gene didn't really come into her own until the phoenix saga she was always kind of like the damsel in distress even though she was ultra-powerful. She was always kind of the girl that everyone on the team fought for because they all wanted to date her, and she was always getting kidnapped or needed to be saved. But she could outpower any of the guys that were on the team. She was just written poorly for a really long time. And this is giving her a chance to kind of retake... Like, she's a real person. She's retaking her identity as a youth. But the, I think growing up in this time period is definitely going to have an effect on her character because it's, it's not the 60s. But here's, okay, well, two things. One, written poorly, and also how most people grew up to know the X-Men, right. the cartoon show, 
portrayed very poorly on that too. Yes. Her and Professor X were both wimpy, whiny. I know. Actually, and the they're... whole X Men team was actually. Now that I think of it, that was such a terrible yes. cartoon. <laughs> even though I still love it. It's so good though. It's yeah. Terrible. But so, let's say, I already see them setting setting this up now. She's getting kind of you know told you're gonna do this and that. She's gonna be like prove you wrong. But she's starting to get some some hate yeah. down in there. She's oh yeah. Some, I don't like this she's person because feisty. Yeah. Which what's gonna happen? <laughs> well, and that's how do you like me now, bitches? Right. Well, and you know she they they made her the leader of the the X Men Blue Team, which is a new development in her life, and she's already been on trial for the crimes of the Phoenix, which was you know weird for her because she wasn't ever that person. And she's just, she's, she's feisty and she tries, in this thing she takes on, she goes to Japan to like get away. She has a little sidekick Bamf that they keep as a pet now, who kind of looks like Nightcrawler. So I'm just wondering if all these Bamfs that they let live and brought into this realm, they're all, we're just going to have a bunch of Nightcrawler clones running around <laughs> now, which will be interesting. The clone, clone war. Yeah. <laughs> So, but, you know, they use him to, to go wherever they want to go, and so she's hanging out in Japan, and the Wrecking Crew shows up, because they don't think there's going to be any superheroes there to stop them from committing their crimes, and she's there by herself and decides that she can do this on her own, and it does not go great for her, actually, which I kind of like. Like, it shows her fucking up hard. Like, she ends up throwing a van into a store and almost killing somebody, and... All kinds of stuff that she to show that she's maybe not as as ready for this as she thinks she is. But the main thing about this book is the ending when she starts seeing delusions, and I don't know if they're delusions or if they're just in her mind because she is psychic. But nobody else can see them, so it's. But somebody is speaking to her about how it's nice to see her again. And she's, like, wigging out because she doesn't know who it is. And then you get to the very last page, and it's the big-ass firebird telling oh. her that she can't run away from from her destiny, essentially. And when she gets knocked out by one of the guys from the Wrecking Crew and wakes up, and all the boys are around her and like, Oh, Jean, you got hit on the head. Are you okay? And I gag a little bit because it's gross. And <laughs> And she, like, the last line of the book is, The Phoenix is coming. Well, great. I kind of look forward to that. But in issue one, there's that's where they're starting. So I'm wondering if this is not the Phoenix and they're just teasing us with it. And it's going to be like, maybe she's just going crazy a little bit. Uh, well, yeah. To, or well, Mastermind is fucking with her. Mastermind? Not Mastermind. Arcade? Nope. The guy from... Um, the one that fucks with her in the Phoenix saga... Ah, uh, from. You're the. I know, expert. I know. It's totally, it's totally. I'm blanking on it right now, but he totally makes her think that in the Phoenix Saga, he totally makes her think that she's like the Black Queen, and in a completely different time period, and it's what turns her into the Dark Phoenix. That guy, fuck, can't remember his name. But <laughs> I'm wondering if somebody's fucking with her head, whether it's him or like the Shadow King or what. Are just trying to get her under their claws to use her power since she has like leveled up, I guess you could call it since coming back. She has new powers now and all kinds of stuff. So 
I don't know. I liked it, though. I love Jean, and I'm excited to see where this new Jean, how this new Jean plays out, because she's definitely a more millennial take on Jean Grey. What if she turns into the same Jean Grey? She, and she will, I'm sure. So then will you still like her? I love Jean, <laughs> so probably. <laughs> but I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't necessarily be sad about them bringing the Phoenix back, but I would be sad that they're just, that's what they're leaning on. Because mm-hmm. she is more than just that. She is more than just the Phoenix, but not really, I guess, because that's what they keep falling back to. And that's what I guess the fans want, is the Phoenix. But Yeah, and it was uh, Mastermind, Jason Weingarten. Yes, thank you. Okay. <laughs> it did not sound right when it came out of my mouth. But, so yeah, may- maybe he's back, which would be an interesting play at the start of the story to bring him back into her life. Well, I read one other book, and I read it primarily because it, because of the cover, and I'll discuss the cover uh, when we get to Best on Tap, but the cover had me intrigued that I wanted to open up. Now, I'm going to be brief only because, again, I'm trying to be a little more spoiler-free on some of these uh, books that I review, and with that being said, then, I'm really just going to be as vague as possible okay. so that people will go and pick them up. But it is Misfit City number one from Boombox. Mm. Uh, not Boom Studios, but Boombox. Boombox is the all ages imprint. Yes. And so, Boom. and this very much is, which is like, I, f- I like the darker, you know, books, mm-hmm. more adult uh, tones. But, the, you know, every now and then you just got to read a, a kid book like oh, uh, yeah. SpongeBob or Friendship is Magic, you know, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> so you are a brony. <laughs> so with that being said, Misfit City has to do with a town that. Oh, all right, gonna kind of throw it up. They keep talking about the Gloomies, which was a movie that was shot there. Mm. In this town, Gloomies, let's change a couple of those letters. The the Goonies? Yeah. Oh, this is a Cape Town, very much like the Goonies, and they haven't really said what the Gloomy movie was, except for um, they have a uh, museum, a history museum, that they set up kind of as a tourist trap of props from the movie. Okay. And props from the movie being uh, of the town and of Black Mary the Pirate. <laughs> and so you see the parallels Black in... Black Mary? Yeah. Awesome. And instead of like Blackbeard. Yeah. Because one of the key differences and in, in where I see this book is, is it's a very gender-swapped Goonies movie. The Goonies was... Primarily the the well, there are the kids, but mainly the guys mm-hmm. and a couple girls. This has the story revolves around these young girls, and so going back to talking about the gloomy movie, you got to expect like there's people that have showed up in the town and and they're saying it's all no, that's all nerdy. We're not here for it, but then they show up to the museum anyways, mm. and they're talking about how they dressed up like six years in a row as <laughs> as as one of the gloomies, and so. It's the Goonies. Yeah. And so that is the subplot of 
this uh, comic book where you're reading it and you're you're trying to you know see uh, and I kept just drawing parallels to everything which I'm trying not to because it's its own book but when they all of a sudden discover a map mm. of buried treasure the real the real characters. the real characters yeah. yeah so you already have this movie and that's where I'm feeling like almost like if the Gloomies movie was like the Goonies movie, they would probably have said, just like in, like, this is just like how the Goonies happened, or yeah. the Gloomies happened. So that's where I'm kind of like, without knowing what the movie was, you think of it enough as if it was that. Right. So then is this uh, comic book going to follow that? Mm. Or is each one going to turn into a deviation of another uh, childhood adventure oh book. Oh my god, that sound that would be amazing. And that could be really cool for this series. Yeah. Because as of right now at the end, you you get introduced to the bad guys, which lo and behold in most all ages books is kind of like, you know, an evil ant, which not related to any of these characters, but you know, an older person who they they inherited the will and everything was theirs except for the chest that, like, their lawyer was reading of the chest that got donated to the museum. What do you think was in that chest? Oh, the map. Mm. Um, and so they're breaking in, trying to get it, and so the kids get the map, and that's kind of where it leaves off. Okay. So sounds interesting. I guess I gave a little bit more of the plot than what I wanted Pretty to, much but the, the same. Whole plot. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue. There's a okay. lot of stuff within there that that it explains who the girls are. You know, they're they're kind of. They are the Misfits. Right. Misfit City works really well as, as the title of it. But, you know, it, it seems like it's one of those all-age adventures, uh, kind of like how The Goonies was. And right. I am definitely going to pick up the next one to see if they go in, in that same vein. But I also feel like you intrigue me enough with, with this right. that um, I hope that they go in other directions of other teen kid movies. I think that... Because we grew up with the Goonies, like, while we think it would be cool to see them go down that vein, it, for us it would be more of like a, well, we saw this already, but for the ages that this book is for, maybe they don't know what the Goonies are. Mm-hmm. You know? So them following kind of that same plot that the movie did may not be as affecting of a storyline to the younger people as it would be to us. And it might be something new and fresh for the, for the youngins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so yeah so it was a good book definitely pick it up but uh i'm getting into best on tap the reason why uh i started read it was because the the cover of of one of the 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 variants was the girls looking at the movie screen uh movie no movie poster within the the cover of the gloomies and that kind of made me go Okay, that's a funny cover making fun of the goon- Goonies. It totally looks like the Goonies. Yeah, and yeah. so I was like, all right, I'm going to read this book just to see knowing variant prints or and, and covers don't always translate what's in there. Right. I just thought, okay, that's comical enough that not realizing it was going to be very based on the, the Goonies. Goonies. Yeah. It, I like and it kind of, the cover kind of makes sense, because if you grew up in a town where a movie like The Goonies was 
filmed, mm-hmm. and that was just part of your life. Like, they're drawing all over that poster mm-hmm. and kind of making fun of it. And I feel like that would be my life if I lived in a town like that. It would just become a joke. So that was uh, what I was going to pick for uh, Best on Tap this week. However, uh, the Tekken covers were also pretty sweet. But it came down to, and it it's just, a, I feel it's beautiful in the destruction that it kind of shows. All New Wolverine number 20, um, the um, Leonard Kirk variant. It well in this issue she's gets a new suit, um, but this has Laura with uh, a little girl uh, kind of laying on her chest after the reading Macbeth, yeah. yeah, which also is kind of like it's a little fucked up with a teddy bear and a dagger in the ground with her arm falling off the couch with her claws popped out like right. it just seems like she's at peace which she never is. But it's also like she's at peace, but she's also ready. Yeah. You know? Well, that's because she can never be at peace, but right. at the same point, it's showing how instincts always take off over. She's always, yeah, at the ready. Right. But to see even the briefest of her sleeping or just relaxing. Cuddling. She's cuddling. Yeah. It's so weird. It was, <laughs> it's very, very beautiful. Yeah. So that is our pick of Best on Tap this week. All right. Awesome. Let's get into what little news and notes that I found this week. So like I said, I was a little bit busy. A couple, couple bits of news. Uh, I want to start by talking about um, Hellboy, the reboot. And this is not going in the direction that I thought this was going to go in, because we've been hoping for a Hellboy movie, a new one, for a while well, now. we've been hoping. And, and Ron even Perlman has two, been... Yeah, but Pushing about for two it. months ago, or a month and a half ago, it they the big three of the movie, Ron Perlman, um, Del Toro, uh, and Mignola, all got together, and it they came out saying it's not going to happen. Sad. But we also were holding out hope that right. maybe they're lying. They well, weren't, They weren't necessarily lying. It's just not going to happen the way we thought it was going to mm-hmm. happen. And with with that comes the rub, because I'm happy to see more Hellboy. Yes. I want more Hellboy in my life. However, I want Ron Perlman, I and I want Del Toro's I know. Uh, vision of it. Yes. So this is going to be a rated R version, which I thought was the most exciting part of this announcement, because mm-hmm. the other ones were PG-13. And while it was still super powerful, because Guillermo del Toro knows how to tell a story, I think it being rated R will, especially if they're going to be in hell at all, or deal with his whole demonology, will probably be useful, as long as they don't overdo it. I don't think Hellboy was ever, like... I've never read a Hellboy book going, oh, that's too much, you know? Yeah, and so, and and it is more Hellboy, but it's going to be those other two they're reinventing their universe and mm-hmm. with that that's kind of why they're starting over fresh start um start yep. yes from scratch uh neil marshall is going to be the director he uh works has worked in game of thrones yes. and so he's well he did, some... he did the movie the descent have you ever seen that movie I that movie scared like I, the shit out of me i feel like me. i have but uh, was there a mayan temple no that was they were it was Asian. about these girls and the reason why it scared the shit out of me because i have claustrophobia bad and it was about these girls who went 
like spelunking and they get stuck because there's a cave in. So they have to like make their way through the caves that it's not part of the set trail that people are supposed to go through. And just the constant feeling of like them being stuck. Like they're one of the girls gets actually stuck in between these rocks. And then there's another part where this girl has to stick her hand up in the cracks of a, the, the roof of a cave and like, make a fist so that she can hang from her fist and keep doing that all the way across so she can put the guides in so everyone else can go across this. But then it ends as kind of like a monster movie. So it was a really weird but terrifying movie. So because of that, (laughs) I'm kind of okay with this Neil Marshall. He's no Guillermo del Toro in my book, but I don't know him as well as I know Guillermo. But I'm okay with this. The other thing I... I don't know about is David Harbour. And I know who David Harbour is because he was in Stranger Things. But I cannot picture anybody but Ron Perlman being Hellboy. Well, when you get makeup on everything, he kind of has the facial structure. um, Bigger kind of cheeks. He is thinner, which... Hellboy is a big presence, but they've slimmed him down over the years. Yeah, and that that is one of the things, too, that I've noticed in the comic books. He's not as big as he used to be. Right. So it could be, you know, going with with where they're going with He was great in Stranger Things. He played the the cop, the sheriff, or whatever position he held in the police force there. Yeah. (laughs) Can't remember if he was a sheriff or not. But he he was awesome in that show, so... I, I, it's going to be good. Yeah. I, I, I don't have low expectations for this. Sometimes you're like, please, like, I, right. I you know, don't. But this, I'm I'm happy, could have been happier. Right. But then again, too, though, well, I just want the third one. Then restart. Yeah. Because, Finish the story. Yes. <laughs> and, I don't know, it would be great if they all of a sudden had, like, a magic mirror where they show like if they could somehow have that in continuity of like just one scene please listen to me guys one scene where like there's a magical mirror where it shows what could have been and it's just a glimpse of ron perlman dressed up as another hellboy as if this could have been your life right which is entirely possible in the hellboy universe so which would then make that kind of canon right in the same universe yeah it's those small things that directors and artists really need to start well we need to make sure that they listen to our podcast so they can steal that idea from you maybe next weekend you'll get a credit oh when we can maybe go up to ron perlman and be like hey if you have any this might you might be able to work your way into a scene listen to the idea we have for you yeah (laughs) bear with me here (laughs) um we also have speaking of rated r Rated R Deadpool coming to TV, of all places. More Deadpool is not enough Deadpool. Really? You haven't? You're not Deadpooled out yet. Uh, I was. I was gonna say with with the asterisks of, except for in comic books, <laughs> I don't need ten different titles of Deadpool. I can't keep up with them. No. But whether it's movies or TV shows, I mean, those I can gorge with in a week's time, right. less than that, a day's time if I've been to watch something. Yeah. But so FXX, which is the more adult version, adult of, version of FX, <laughs> which is pretty adult as it is, um, is coming out with a, a rated R animated Deadpool series from Donald Glover, who, fuck, 
what can that guy not do? Yeah. <laughs> so with him at the helm of the show, I feel he's he's going to ha- well, he's going to bring kind of his his funny star power yeah. to the series, so he's going to try to make sure it's the best that it can be, which that's all I'm asking for. Right. And I I have also high hopes in this and it's the the, the next best thing to see in the next Deadpool movie. Right. So I hope they do the only thing I hope for this show is that they don't rely on the R rating entirely. Like they just make it gory and he, like he curses all the time and that's what makes it rated R. Like my favorite Spider-Man or was it Spider-Man? One of my favorite I think it was Ultimate Spider-Man and the animated series episodes was the one with Deadpool. And he it was a kids show, but it was awesome because Deadpool is crazy mm-hmm. and that's what makes him awesome in the in in everything so I just I hope they don't just lean on that as the selling point mm-hmm. for the show um something that listeners should definitely check out if they haven't uh, heard of it yet uh, Batman and Bill is now on Hulu right now it's an hour and a half documentary of uh, the story of Bill Finger trying to fight to his family fighting to get him credit within Batman. Right. Um, it's a very good watch, and for people who, whether you like Batman or not, just if you like the comic book industry, mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of really good documentaries of some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Right. Especially behind-the-scenes stuff that they don't really want to talk about because legalities and and battles like this stretch on for years and usually don't end up in the favor of the people that deserve it most luckily this worked out in a way that is is good um but it's a really good watch so definitely go see that awesome and another thing to look forward to we got a new valiant web series coming out yep uh we may have mentioned it just briefly uh, a couple months ago when they announced it like a year ago, mm-hmm. but then more and more casting was coming on. But uh, Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe is going to be a six-part web series. And they have a trailer out right now that I just saw that it looks pretty good. Yeah. One of the things that you need to realize with web series, well, A, they can do kind of whatever they want. They don't have the they FCC. Don't, yep, yeah, that they can you. do, which is great. But they also don't have a... You can have good web series with studios back in you too, but mm-hmm. most of those people would take it to a network. So looking at some of the, the scenes, they all look great, flawless, some of the fighting scenes. Some of the special effects looked a little lacking. Right. But you know what? I look at that as though as we wouldn't get something like this... You know, you would never get this on a, te- a studio yeah, television with station. with the like really good right. fireball looking. Right. So I can forgive that, and mm-hmm. I've seen so many good web series. Oh my god, the Mortal Kombat web series that they did was yeah. amazing. Still it hoping was... that they're gonna they're gonna continue <laughs> that. Who knows? Right. Street Fighter One as well was yep. another one that they they've been doing really good, but then they they lose those other ones too. I I feel like were fan like other made Mm -hmm. i think valiant's gonna go and make many more web series and just have a online presence which would be great for them especially for their more violent type books right uh 
So definitely a fan and looking forward to it. I believe it comes out later this uh, fall. Nice. Nice. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. briefly getting renewed for the fifth, sixth season? Fifth season. And you've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still, right? Or have you fallen off that wagon, nope, too? Nope, I'm all caught up. Are you? And it's is it is it worthy of another season, I guess, is my oh, question. Oh, very. Oh, it is very worthy. Yeah. It is so worthy. It is... And it, could, it could wield Molnir. Yes. <laughs> Agent Coulson could definitely uh, <laughs> hold it. But it, uh, the first season, I really only watched two episodes... And then I got into it partway through the second season. Mm -hmm. So and there's a character here, because they don't always say some of the names. There's some of the, the secondary characters that show up every now and then. That I still kind of like, wow, what's his name? So talking to my brother about it. There's a guy from like one of the first seasons that I saw him die who showed up in the, the Elseworlds type what if uh, Hydra oh, world yep. that's kind of going on. Which has been also... Did not see that happening in a TV show, but it's been great um, right now that I need to discuss with my brother who's, who are some of these people that they brought back? Because I know who they are, but I don't remember their names and how they fit in because I didn't watch the first right. year where they pretty much got established, but it's, it's really good. So awesome. So you should keep I watching know, it. I know, I know. There's too many. Here's the problem with nerd culture being super popular right now. Yeah. There's not enough time in a week to watch, to watch all it because American Gods just started and I haven't been able to catch that yet. Gotham is still going on. I just finished watching, um, God, what was the one we just finished? We caught up on The Legion. Walking Dead. Legion. We finished, we went through Legion. It's, there's just, oh my and God. it's awesome. There's so much, but it's still like, I have to pick and choose which ones I watch. Speaking of Walking Dead, and it's something that uh, needs to be mentioned, it's spoilers to you because I know you don't read the book. Right. But you understand most of the characters that are still alive in the book. Yeah. And some of the first characters that have been with the series for almost forever. Right. And some of the differences of the comic book and the show. Yes. Do you know who Rick's dating in the show? Yes. Who? Michonne. Yep. Who is he dating in the book? I have no idea. Oh, you haven't? Okay, then maybe. I thought you knew that big uh -uh. difference. Well, he was dating Andrea. Oh, that's right, because she's still alive in the book, right? Nope. Oh. Oh! It is such a big controversy. More so than Lucille dying. Right. Um, The bat. The bat? Yeah. Died? It broke? Yep. Oh. It got destroyed a couple couple months ago. Fucking good. Uh, <laughs> no, Negan, I love... I know, Negan is a great... A guy that just, you love to hate, yes. but in the world... I don't know. I still hate him for what he did. Yeah. But his character's so good that you don't want to see him gone. I know. He is a great uh, guy. And it was actually a sad, He's, sad death to see him bury the bat. Oh, like, really? It was one of those things where I felt for him, but uh, in the recent Walking Dead, uh, Andrea is dead. Oh. And that is going to that's going to be like almost as big as Glenn, if not more. Okay. So because in the books, yeah, that's Rick's. Right. You know, other in the show they fucked up Andrea so much that it really oh, turned yeah. me off from the show. Her character was terrible. She was slut king. That's yeah. what she was. Well, because in the book, wasn't she married to um? What was the old guy's name who died like almost right away in the first season that drove the van, drove the, the caravan. Oh, I can't... No. In the, yeah. in the book, weren't they like a couple? 
No, I don't. I can't remember. No, because he. <sighs> what the fuck was his name? Well, Herschel, you're talking about. No, not Herschel. From like the very the. Oh. Who wore like the the yeah. Hawaiian print shirts uh, and stuff? No, not, they were just together from okay. like the apocalypse happening. I don't remember that. I thought God, they had gotten to go, married but... sometime or been gotten hooked up through in the show or in the book somehow. Yeah, I think they did have some sort of something then. Yeah, God, that's so like forever ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have to go back to those first couple <laughs> issues now just to look up that tidbit of information. But yeah, so uh, Kirkman had to actually in the letters page write a letter to fans. He's already getting the hate mail. Yeah. But of how he had to do this. It's a book and also it's his book. Right. But he loves these characters and he doesn't do it just to piss people off. Just to piss people off. He's not R.R. Martin. Like him. he he said even he goes, <laughs> It was my final decision and he goes, and I same came so close to not having it happen. Wow. That book's gonna like oh wow. Yeah. So Good to know. Yeah, I knew you didn't. No, yeah. didn't hear that because we did definitely not. talk about. It. Um, one uh, one last thing, two things tied together: uh, budgets. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, after this past weekend killed it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And with that, it's going to be over five hundred and fifty uh, million worldwide, I believe. That's right now that they're expecting over two weekends. Yeah. Oh, not oh too, going think, into uh, going into the second weekend, right? Because this, well, this is the second yeah. weekend, yeah. So this was put out before this mm-hmm. weekend. Wow, that's amazing. It's such a great movie, though. It's not surprising. Yeah. What is surprising and what's sad is the Power Rangers sequel mm. might be in jeopardy. Wah, wah. Did movie, not pull in Guardians numbers, I can tell you that. <laughs> no, it had a lackluster domestic box office of $847 million. Yeah. And oh. that's, that's you know, that's actually pretty poor for what they were expecting, especially with the nostalgia and everything. Right. And that it was a pretty decent movie. Like, I'm not going to lie, I loved it. And even though we will he never get to so much, that I did never talked it. about it. <laughs> They were hoping that when it would release uh, overseas in China and Japan, which was just this past week, that they were hoping to, uh, you know, boost, you know, uh, the overseas total and bring it up. Well, it only made $1.2 million so far. Ooh, that is a small chi- number. In China, which, that is, that's a huge market now for American movies. That means... Everybody in China saw it once for one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much so. And and with those low numbers, it's looking bad for a sequel. Which I just just do one sequel. Don't do it a trilogy. Right. You need uh, the Green Ranger, even though it did have a good ending as well. But they set it up for something else, and it could live on its own as just the movie. I want more. Yeah. I really do. Well, maybe you need to go see it more. And <laughs> a couple more times. It's probably not in the theater anymore, though, if it had that sort of numbers to it. But it still has, um, you know, the DVD release to to boost its numbers a little bit. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. 
I mean, it is, but that's still not <laughs> going to to get the studio heads to be like, we should waste more money. Yeah. All right, you got any more news, or that's it for you? That's it, but I do got booze in a book. All right, what is it? So this week I picked up the last issue of A.D. After Death. So this is book three from Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire. This book series. Oh yeah, I knew you were gonna pick that up. Oh my god, it's amazing. This book is amazing. Like it's such a great mix of like prose and comic art and comic writing. Like, and the story is just over the top good. <clears throat> I, so I'm pairing this with, I'm going to pair it with a gin and a ton, gin and tonic. And the backstory to the gin and tonic for me is that gin is the booze that I always keep going back to, even though every single time I drink it, I have a terrible time. I keep going back to it and I don't know why. It doesn't taste good and it always makes me sick, but I keep going back to it. And the end of this book ends the same way I drink gin, where you find out Things keep happening over and over and over again, and you keep forgetting them because of you don't die, so your memory is terrible, and you lose time, so you forget that you did these terrible things, and you keep doing them over and over and over again, much like how I drink gin. So that is Booze at a Book this week. Definitely pick up this fucking book, though. It is amazing. All right. Uh, well, with that, um, we have a special episode coming out later this week, uh, our pre-show of Motor City Comic Con. Pre-game. We are definitely looking forward to hitting the, the con floor next weekend, and uh, pretty much probably not going to have our podcast come out on our normal time next Monday, mainly because I'm going to be recovering yes. and editing, and so it may be a day later or so, but... We're still going to make a show from the con, from whatever Fuck we yeah. get. And with that, it's funny how we all sleep differently. I sleep on my side. My roommate sleeps on his back. My ex sleeps with everyone. That sort of thing. <laughs> oh, you're terrible. Stay thirsty for our con adventures next week. <laughs> <laughs>